Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, as we are back with real proper hockey. Today's episode, always as always, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I am your host, Rudo3, joined as always by AJ Haefeli as well. And it's back, ladies and gentlemen. There were a real-life hockey team on real-life ice today in the Pepsi Center. AJ was there. He got to see it with his own two eyes, even. My peepers. Yep, he saw it. He saw it himself. And that's that's a victory in and of itself, is it not? It is. (laughs) It was a lot of victories today. Yeah. That's, uh, That's what you like to hear. As the abs have taken their first step towards returning to an actual hockey game in less than three weeks. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious, but it it all started for reals today. And I got to say, first of all, the Avs are in a very, very good position. One, no positive COVID tests. Two, no players opting out. So the Avs essentially have their full roster at their disposal right now. And there's a bunch of teams that don't have that. Mm-hmm. As the NHL did, did release a statement uh, as well that of about 5,000 tests, I believe that it was 30 players that tested positive. Excuse me. I'm not 100% sure on the numbers. I'll have to look it Just, up. Just uh, disappointing. Yeah, pretty pretty not great numbers. We'll put it that way. But yeah. I mean, given given the numbers overall, I think it was forty nine hundred tests uh, and thirty positives. Uh, correct, forty nine hundred tests, thirty positives, as well as thirteen players that were not participating in phase two. Okay, so forty three positive players, uh, but a handful of them were not directly related to NHL goings on in any case. So. It's, I mean, I, I, I guess I just this is part of it, right? Like yeah. getting to the getting to the hubs has always been like the last hurdle before we start There's, to really believe this is going to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, this was this was always going to be like the last like really big challenge, but also the biggest of all the big challenges. Yep, uh, was was getting players healthy and getting rosters healthy. Um, I know Pittsburgh held out like nine guys today because a friend of a friend of a friend who knew someone whose yeah. mailman tested positive where it was like they went full Kevin Bacon on it. Like ain't yeah, nobody's going to get anybody else <laughs> purely just let's play this safe yeah. um, and like smart to do it all about it. Take care of what you got to take care of while you can. Uh, don't don't let any of that get up on you. I'm. I'm still encouraged by the process. Obviously, like the focus today was, hey, it's a healthy AV squad. None of them opted out. None of them have tested positive. So for right now, everything is still full bore for the Avs. So from our perspective, everything is still feeling good. Uh, good vibes all around at the at the rink today. Was a little over. Uh, was a little over my mask about two hours in, but yeah. Luckily, was not sitting around tons of people, so it wasn't like I was too self-conscious about it. It was, um, I don't know if anybody's, anybody out there that's wearing glasses, you know the struggle and what it's like (laughs) because they fog up. And I felt like I was just like constantly like, like, like I had, I need like little glasses, like windshield wipers (laughs) that I can just turn on a little, because, oh, what a, what a pain in the ass. Weather tech, million dollar idea right there. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Windshield wipers on my glasses, please. Next time next time Google wants to get into the glasses business, let's try that first there instead of go. whatever that Google Glass nonsense was. <laughs> um it was it was awesome being back at the rink, man. It it is. It sucks, dude. It the struggle <laughs> is real. It sucks. Uh I I was so frustrated. <laughs> like there was even one point during uh, uh, in between the sessions, I just took my glasses off because I was like, "F this, don't need to be seeing right now." So yeah, I was like, "I don't have anything to see; it's fine." Uh, and then trying to figure out the groups and lines and all that was a lot yeah. easier in the afternoon session because I have 
all the guys who weren't in morning session were in or were in session two. I wonder who these people could yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it was like once I figured out the first couple of lines, it was like, okay, this is very simple. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, great time though. I mean, it was awesome to it was awesome to see everybody back out on the ice. Yeah, it, you know, certainly seemed like they didn't waste much time jumping in. We saw some two v two drills going on on the ice at, after everything yeah. was said and done. Bednar said he was very happy with the pace and, and effort put in on day one. So I gotta tell you, uh, I've watched all of Bednar's training camps as a head coach. And uh, for a day one, this was significantly more intense, yep. which, of course, you would expect like they're this is not September where they've yeah. got nine months to go, you know, and like the grind begins like this is this is day one of a sprint. Yeah, they're in the so, starting blocks right now. <laughs> right. And they needed to, they needed to come in with a certain attitude and they did that today. Uh, and you can even see as as things were getting going competitiveness picked up a little bit uh i didn't tweet about it but there was one particular altercation where eric johnson tripped nazim kadri <laughs> and kadri threw his hands up like he was like looking around for a call and it was like you know there are no refs here right and was very frustrated and slammed a stick on the ice after the drill was over and ej came over and and gave him the love tap and kadri did not return it <laughs> So, none of that. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of feistiness uh, on day one. It was good to see um, some competitive dudes out there, but nothing, nothing ridiculous. Of course, um, Zadorov. I don't remember who it was, but Nikita Zadorov erased somebody. Not like blew him up or anything. Just he tried to step up on uh, and and make a play on the puck, and Zadorov just didn't move, and the guy just ran into him, and it was like, well. Zadorov is a large human. It is yeah, true. It was, it was pretty funny, um, but it 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 was good overall, man. It was a very competitive atmosphere. Um, certainly more intense than a regular training camp. It's good stuff. All right, so let's let's do something a little bit different here, AJ. Mm-hmm. For today's training camp, who were your StravaCraft Coffee game changing performers of day one in training camp? Um boy. This is gonna be this is almost like hot takery just because we're talking about right. It, it's a one thirty minute session. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> like... Um you know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Connor Timmons, Eric Johnson, and Adam Warner. Wow, okay. Yeah. Gotta like that right there. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. all over the Really? Once I figured out who he was. <laughs> that always helps. That always helps. The goalies were really tough because I was like, ah, I don't Warner's know who these guys the are. And like the, Well, and like you're far away. And so yeah. when you're at the practice facility and you're 20 feet away, you can really tell the difference in size. Right. When you're really, when Especially you're, you're like up looking down on them. Yeah. Too. And when you're 100 yards away, you're kind of like size isn't really a thing and now they have two goalies who catch right-handed so like that old pavel franco's cheap trick is gone none of them have the like old pads from wherever they used to play anymore yeah either. like like adam warner remember the first time adam yeah. warner ever came to camp yeah. he had the, the like the green ones yep and yeah those are gone um <laughs> so it took me it took me a few minutes to figure out who, who the goalies were but once i did um not the greatest day for Michael Hutchinson. Um, I was. I, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't like getting too negative on on guys for training camp stuff. Um, I like to focus on the positives, guys who stood out in a positive way. Because anytime you get negative about a guy, it feels like you're dumping on him for a bad day at the office, and it's just like. Bleh. So. Um. Well. Yeah. I mean, those, those would be my three. Um, so EJ. EJ looked yeah. really, really good. Connor Timmons had a very good day, in my opinion. Speaking and, of speaking of both, EJ himself on Connor Timmons kind of professed that he's got a really big future ahead of him in the the post practice interviews. So it's uh, the the hype train is is maybe starting to roll out of the station a little bit here. <laughs> so just for some, uh, Eric Johnson might be the world's biggest believer in Connor Timmons that does not also share the Timmons last name. 
Um, there was that preseason game two years ago, uh, right after Timmons got drafted. Do you remember that preseason? He hung around till the very end. And uh, there was a game where he played, and he was EJ's partner for a lot of the game. Yeah. And after the game, uh, we walked in, and I walked in to talk to Timmons, whose locker was next to EJ's. And EJ was already done. He was ready. Veteran move. He's out of there. Yep. And as he was walking out, he said, that's the best player on our team tonight. So not Eric Johnson loving Connor Timmons is like, oh, this guy is blue. <laughs> like, it's just it's just another day. <laughs> He's a big Connor Timmons fan, but I could understand Connor. Oof. I thought Connor Timmons looked real good. So, um we're we're pretty confident that they've got their set six going in, but the battle for pecking order beyond that, because you know somebody's going to get sick, somebody's going to get hurt, something's going to happen. You're going to need depth more than ever. Um, Connor Timmons, good day one, man. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Good right. day one. Eric Johnson had a good day one, too. He looked. Eric, I didn't say anything about it. Ian Cole looked like he was 25 today. Four he months off just, sometimes will do that. He was just he just he had so much pep in his step. I don't know if it was just like excitement or what the deal was, but it just looked so solid, just so like amped up and ready to go. All right. Well, those are your Strava Craft Coffee game changing performers from day number one. You can get your Strava Craft Coffee online and get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. The CBD is non psychoactive and has really changed lives, helping people with many aches and pains everywhere and all over the place. We also have our favorite Breckenridge Brewery. Pop one open because hockey season is back, ladies and gentlemen. An avalanche amber sounds just about right to me. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get it from your local Davidson's, your liquor store. You can head on down to the farmhouse down in Littleton and get $5 off when you use code DNVR for pickup. They got you covered with all of the Breckenridge Brew you could possibly imagine any kind that you want. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. All right. So we've gone high level here. We've talked about some of the players that had the best days. We've talked about just the excitement around hockey being back on the ice in general. But the reality is, and, and let me preface this by saying again, it's day one. There has been one session of this training camp so far. Yeah. We're we're expecting um, travel is on the twenty sixth. Correct. Uh, so that's thirteen days. We're expecting two ish weeks of training camp. Yep. Um, we don't really know what the schedule is beyond the four days that they scheduled for this week, so we're not totally sure what we're looking at. But we are expecting them to continue this on into next week at some point. Um, so yes, it is an it is important for you to to start off this conversation by saying. We are one day in. And on top of that, Jared Bednar himself, no definitive decisions about starting lineups have been made yet. No, and there really shouldn't be. Um, they've got to figure out, you know, they've got to get through this healthy, number one, because that, that could make decisions for them right off the top. Yep. Uh, number two, they've got five guys that you could probably call middle six guys mm-hmm. where you've got to... F- kind of sort them out and figure out which roles you want them in and which combination looks best. So day one, this is their first look. I don't think that these lines will stay. I think that they will bounce them around a little bit to give guys different looks. And uh, that includes Tyson Jost, who was on the fifth line today. Yep. Tyson Jost on the fifth. Uh, Bednar himself talked about a little bit with Val Nichushkin on the second line. We do have a clip here for you. So let's play that and get Bednar's thoughts on Nichushkin starting training camp on the second line here. We're going to play around with that a little bit here in in training camp. Um, I want to make sure I have options that um, are producing on the offensive side of things and also uh, options that we can use that that can – check and, and defend other teams' top players. Uh, you know, it's a role that Kadri's been in in the past. 
come playoff time, regular season, we use him there a little bit this year um, to defend some top lines. Nakushkin has had a very good year when it comes to, um, you know, chance suppression uh, while by while all being able to, you know, have a pretty good year on the offensive side of it as well. And I just think looking at that line, uh, Burakovsky's had a really good year for us uh, when he's been healthy and, uh, I wanted to give him a look here early in camp. We're going to have some scrimmages in training camp. We'll um, test some matchups both in the scrimmages and in exhibition and in uh, the round robin. And, you know, things may be pretty fluid in there, but we'll just see how they go. You know, I want to, I want to explore some options um, so I know what some of the best case scenarios are going into the playoffs. So there you go. Nothing super solid from Bednar there on, on, on making a decision. Nonetheless, does Nachushkin being the first to get a crack at that spot mean he has the inside line to a top six spot? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. Um, they've got, they, they've got again, two weeks of this. They're going to take different looks. Um, if somebody's, let's say nobody clicks and none of the other things work out and this is what they default to, Okay, um, but I don't think that means that, that anybody has an inside track on anything. Um, I think that this is just the beginning of them taking a look at the healthiest lineup they've had all year. You know, when they went and got Nemesnikov at the deadline, um, they, you know, they weren't healthy. They needed that body. And now with them coming back, uh, they're they're one guy too heavy, I guess you could say. With yeah. with Wilson not taking part in this, uh, they are one. They're they're plus one basically one on NHL record. Yeah, right. So uh, they're going to have to decide. They're going to have to figure out. And because they were still so injured after the deadline, Nemestikov played up in the lineup to the point where that wasn't a realistic look at what he's going to give the team in the postseason. He's not going to play next to Landeskog and, and McKinnon on a regular basis. You know, barring something bad happening, more people mean, going down, right? right? Like it would, it would take you. You have to recreate those injuries to to get back to that. So they don't know what their lineup, their their optimal lineup looks like with Demesnikov and with them being healthy. Yep. So I don't think that there's an inside track. I think that it's just um, this is this is where they are for right now. Like the this is where they started. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. Right. Like. The same way that I don't think Nachushkin is on the inside track for the second line, I don't think Tyson Jost is necessarily the odd man out right now uh, as the 13th forward. So this is just where they started. We've got a couple weeks of this, plus an exhibition game, plus three round-robin games. We, The first round of the postseason is really what matters here, right? That's what, that's what all of this is building towards. Round-robin games are great, and they matter. But ultimately, their season won't end, even if they lose all three of those. So this is all building towards having a lineup that they want, that they're comfortable with, that they are going to attack with on game one of the first round. And we're a month away from that. And, I mean, let's be honest. First of all, there's two exhibition games the Evs will get before even the play, the the round robin round. It's two? Two. Okay. Yep. Two. Between we have, the, we have five games to go here, guys. Right. Realistically, the worst the AMs can do is still have home ice advantage in the first round. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. But I mean, get to get to use the home locker room but, against the Oilers, who are going to be very displaced. I mean, irrelevant of that, they will be the higher seed no matter what in round one. Correct. So. They, the teams that did make that have a little bit more leeway to potentially experiment with those first handful of games that the other teams will not have. And yeah, definitely. I, I do fully expect the abs to use that completely as, as Bednar basically said, particularly, and, and we'll get, we can get into this in a little bit, but about the goaltending situation that they intend to use the entirety of this training camp to make their decisions about starting lineups. Um, they should. I mean, yeah. if you if they walked in today with their decisions kind of already if, with their minds already made up on some of this, then what was the point? Right. Use this time. 
you know, because today, if you were making, if you were making roster decisions after one day today, Bo Byram doesn't make it and TJ Tynan doesn't make it. Yep. They both had bad days. Just the reality of, of trying to make decisions off of one day is right. And like, you're not going to make, you're not going to make that decision today. You've, you've got plenty of time, but this is all building towards something. And, they, and I I mean, I think that's a good point. Uh, everyone in the league is, is trying to build up right now. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had a chance to look around about what other teams think, what other teams look like too much. But everything out of the Avs camp is very, very positive. Everyone seems to be in good condition. Everyone was hardworking on the day. So... Now I'm sure, you know, you get into day three, four, and, and maybe some issues will start to crop up, but it's hard to start much better than what it sounds like the abs have right now. Yeah. Uh, all positive feels, right? Um, yep. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's excited. Everybody understands that this is the beginning of a long process, longer process, not long. Yep. Given that two months from now, this will all be over, but well, you know, a process and I'm <clears throat> I mean, there, there are no bad vibes coming out of out of camp today, out of the interviews, uh, which you sat in on. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Um, I'm <sighs> today rocked, man. It was. It I... was it was great. Like I will say, um, if we're talking about how things actually look today, analysis wise, uh, that second line. Kadri looked really good. They cycled the puck really nicely in the couple of drills where they were working two on two, three on two. But when you're working with a man advantage, it's like, you know, it's not, there's, there's not a ton to really draw from that. You look real good because you got a ton of ice. Cool story. <laughs> well, and like, like Nikita Zadorov was just dominating people in two on two. And then it got to three on two and he was no longer playing man defense, and he was having to cover space. And immediately, we saw the struggles that he's always had uh, flare up again to the point where he got beat on the backside for uh, for a goal against, and he just put his head down and, and circled by himself. Nobody said anything to me. Nobody said anything to him. He just circled for probably fifteen seconds. Yeah, until it was until he was good to go. Uh, it was it was his turn back up again uh, in another drill. So this is, you know, it's it's the same stuff for him. Like two on two, man on man, he looked great. Yeah, three on two, where he's having to, he's having to, to 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 cover space and not a player, he struggled more. And it's yeah, it's why you making, yeah, it's it's well, and it's why you don't want to make like strong conclusions here. Like Byron was really good with the stick; he was really disruptive and active with it, but seemed a little overwhelmed by the speed at times and got lost occasionally defensively, but you're not playing full on five on five. You're not, you don't have all the same coverages and you don't have guys rotating. It's you and another defender against a forward line. Not yet. So anyway. It's not again, like, but I can, I can tell you guys who looked, who I thought looked good and who looked bad, but this is all important context to keep in mind that they're, you know, Defenders especially are set up to fail in a lot of these drills because they're playing against full lines or whatever. They're they're playing 1v3, 2v3 all the time. Well, if you want to see who looked good, I have uh, the Hockey Nerd Chills clip of the day here taken by AJ Hafley himself. Mm. If you're not watching live or, or you're listening to the audio version, just head on over to AJ's Twitter or check out our article posted about everything of, of day one and you can find the clip in there but uh, here is the boy wonder himself his skating doesn't look like it has changed one little bit as he's going to pick up the puck coming in here and just make everyone look absolutely silly as he just powers around the outside it's, it's a bit ridiculous how explosive Kale McCarr can be and what's what sucks is that uh, there was a uh, I wasn't recording it at the time, but McKinnon flashed hard in that drill at times. Yeah, where, I believe that. <laughs> and so like so that uh, can you pull that back up real quick? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, what they're doing uh, just to explain kind of what's going on here, we can just show um, like, the full clip 
There you yeah, go. that's fine. Um, basically, what they're doing is they're playing um, defensemen against forwards 2v2. First, first team to score three wins and first team to win two two games, like wins. Um, forwards won the uh, defensemen won the morning group, the first group, the forwards won the second group. Both of them were 2-1. Both of them were very, very close. But that's what they're doing, this like half-ice thing here. And they have coaches... In the corners, you can't see them, but there's coaches off to the right and off to the left with a stack of pucks. And so anytime a puck goes out of play, they uh, they just fire one back in to yep. whichever team they, they want, really. Um, the blue lines are out of bounds, essentially. Yeah, and so I, I recorded probably 10 minutes worth of this drill from both sessions uh, because a lot of time they were at the other end of the ice with other drills, and it was just... <laughs> I couldn't you couldn't really see anything. Yep. But <clears throat> that's what this is. So there was a lot of interesting two on two. There was one video um that I got where uh Zadorov and Kanaten were together and they made some magic happen offensively. And then Byram jumps off the bench and snipes one immediately, and you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he could do offensively. Yep. Uh so it's it that's a fun that's a fun drill to watch, uh, because it's very fast, it's very you have to make quick decisions. There's some game uh, situations happening there. Yeah, it's it's a good time, but it's two on two, and it's half ice, and it's just. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's competitive too. They take it seriously. Yep. So they want to win. Fun to watch, man. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Go watch all those clips. I put them all up in the post. Um, you can go watch um, a bunch. I think it's about ten minutes of those. Um, each of those videos is around two minutes long, because yep. the I think the. Twitter uh, video timer is 220 and like they give you like a big timer that starts counting down (laughs) (laughs) when you're when you're recording so that you know Um, Ben uh, he asks when you said the top line dominated what did that look like honestly it looked like them just doing whatever the hell they wanted regardless of competition they cycled the puck they scored they did creative things they did high end things they looked like they were in midseason form they I mean that's it's it's hard to it's hard to get really excited when the top line does something great because you're just expecting greatness out of them all the time. But today there was no disappointment. There was no letdown. Uh, those guys all looked awesome. Love to hear that. Uh, let's be let's be honest. And EJ talked about it a little bit. He said, "You know, it's going to be fast. I think it's going to be good hockey for TV." Because oh, teams, I think so too. Teams are going to be playing quick and loose out there, and yeah, when you can throw out the three-headed monster in series that make just straight up come down to who can score more. Hard to bet against the Avs with that, man. Well, when so. when when the regular season starts, it's as loosey goosey as it gets because teams haven't nailed down their systems yet, right? And it's why it's why you see scoring drop as the year goes it's why you see scoring consistently go down it's because teams get more comfortable playing their systems defensively they start to they start to hone in on matchups more because the first couple months of the season you're trying to find identity chemistry all those things right and then once you start to identify those okay once you start to check boxes and start to to figure things out and start to find the successful formula for your team then just becomes a a a be making it a habit. Yep. You know, becoming a routine for you to to wake up and okay, well this is how we're going to do this and you just do it over and over and over and over and over. When you have 3 months off, it's going to be it's going to be very loosey goosey and there's going to be 2 weeks of them trying to get back into it and that won't be nearly enough time. I totally agree with them. It's going to be up tempo. Uh, and it's gonna it's gonna be flashy. It's gonna be flashy hockey. Uh, for the, probably yeah. for the first like two weeks. Yep. After that, you know, they'll really start to tighten some screws as best they can. But yeah. it's it's not like this is gonna look like the eighties or anything. It's just gonna look like October. It it's gonna be interesting too in those first series. The players are gonna have to feel out how the refs are calling the game again. Yeah. That's something that's we haven't really talked much about, but how they handle that could be big. Yep. 
But we can take our second break right there as it is time to acknowledge WGT Golf, the official gaming partner of us here at DNVR. The game is loved by more than 20 million players around the world, and we're pushing over 450 now in our DNVR communities, which you can download the game by going to dnvrgolf.com and search for DNVR2 to get into our clubhouse. We have competitions every single week where you can top the leaderboards and beat everyone here at DNVR, on occasion even win yourself some cool prizes. So jump on it, do it while you can, play a bunch of amazing courses and make AJ and I look silly in the digital golf realm because we struggle. <laughs> um, I was actually on track to be a top 15-ish finisher in the you this, were this last weekend. Until you weren't. <laughs> well, and then the very last hole, I hooked it, it went out of bounds, and it literally doubled my score. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. All right. So uh, I won't be winning anything this week. Can be extremely punishing. But if you want the challenge, again, at dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf today. <laughs> and, of course, we also have our Colorado Raptors, which we have been covering for a bit now here at the DNVR. And, obviously, some big things are going on with some of the best players in America coming to play here in Colorado. And Colton Strickler is on the beat covering all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Of course, you can find his written rugby content right on the site. Be sure to follow the DNVR Rugby Twitter account as well. He'll even take you through 101 pod episodes to break down the basics of rugby if you need help with stuff like that third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's with rudo and aj man aj i don't even know what to say at this point i'm just so happy that i get to watch even a a real practice in in clips and bits is the best thing ever it was really nice being back and um obviously we were all, all of the media was scattered across, uh, separated across about eight zones of the Pepsi. Yeah, it was it was eight different. It was eight sections from end to end. We had the entire um, eastern side of the the arena uh, for media seating, and like there was actually nobody next to me because I was hanging out with the. Uh, I got seated with the TV stations, yep. and those guys, those guys like get their footage in like 20 minutes and they're like okay, gotta go to Broncos and I don't know if they have any Broncos to go to but that's like normally what they do there's always and, something else to get footage of yeah yeah exactly and so they were gone and so I was just like just just Chilling. hanging out right like feet up on the thing like just recording <laughs> with my phone like it was oh it was nice man and and I was so I was so worried it was gonna be cold like I posted that selfie and you would have thought it was like the middle of winter because I was all bundled yeah, I, up. I but, know you were you were toasty. It looked like well, it it was perfect temperature because it was yeah. it was chilly in there. But like I had I had like long pants on and I was I was ready. Right? I was it was nice. It was really cool. It was it was very nice being back at the Pepsi Center. It was so it was so cool to feel normal for a day, man. Yeah. After such a hard couple of months in which everything is unknown, you're riding the wave of the news, which is like constantly negative, and then. Everything that's been going on, it's been it's been really emotionally trying for a lot of people. And um, I know for me, just I got to go back to work today and that felt great. Um, I, you know, I know that there's probably still a lot of people out there struggling and wish I could give you guys hugs and make it all better. Hopefully today helped on some level uh, as just as a sports fan, knowing that we're one step closer to getting the bubble, getting playoff hockey back and getting to focus on the chase for the cup for a little bit. Yeah. I, I it definitely brightened my spirits. I'll put it that way. I, yeah. I hope it did for other people as well. And now we can, uh, we can sit here and, and you and I can breathe a little bit because we have actual hockey to talk about on this show. So, <laughs> so let's talk about the Joe's thing. All right, that's that's where I was going next. Yeah, I mean, let's just let's just rip the bandaid off. Um, he was the thirteenth forward today. He was on the fifth line. First of all, if you think that Tyson just because Tyson Jost is the thirteenth forward, he's not going to play in the postseason, he's going to play in the postseason. Yep, 
he will 100% play at some point. <laughs> Whether or not he sticks, part of that's going to be up to him, but he will most definitely play, barring injury, of course, which I'm so I'm so sick of saying. But after this season, true. you gotta say yeah. it. <laughs> it. He will play. Um, he's very much in that rotation. There are 13 clear cut forwards for them, uh, with Cam and Evan Tynan obviously looking like they're at the top of that pecking order. Yep. Um, I don't. I again, uh, I don't want to come down too hard on guys uh, after one day of camp. But if TJ Tynan is going to be uh, third on their forward pecking order. You should have brought Martin Cow. And like, I don't want to get into that can of worms because I'm like, it is what it is. They've made their decision based on the contract. And I don't feel yep. like we have to continue to hammer this home, Yep. but uh, TJ Tynan can't be that high up on your. Is, is there any, any implication to Shane Bowers potentially jumping him or. Is that even really relevant at this point? Um, he, he's gonna, he's got, he would have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, I think the guy that the guy that I expect um, needs to be, that I think should be in front of Tynan uh, would be Logan O'Connor. Definitely, that's a arguably the Avs' second best call up of the season behind Mark. Yeah, definitely, and and like Jost, it, it, Tynan won't beat out Jost. That no, that yeah. won't happen. It's and I don't even think Tynan will beat out Kamenev. Kamenev is still right there in front of those guys, but TJ Tynan shouldn't shouldn't be this high up on the order. And this is, you know, this is how you know training camp is back because we're talking about the fifteenth forward, baby. <laughs> yes, getting into the minutia. Yeah, but no, it's uh, that's that's where I think the battle needs to begin is for the the forward spots immediately after. Um, Kamenev, and I think it should start with O'Connor. I think it really should be O'Connor, and then, and then you can have your TJ Tynan, Sheldon Dries conversation. What are Shane Bowers? But I would like to see it start there. Um, JT Comfort didn't have a great day either. Um, I mean, what's the conversation there? The reality is the M's are very likely to use thirteen Fords, if not more. But yeah, who's who's on the rotation about Tyson Jost, Matt Nieto? Can yeah. JT Comfer find himself in that situation? I think he would have to play his his way down significantly to get there. The one thing, um, Vlad Nemesnikov is really provides you with a different kind of versatility yep. in that he can play all three forward positions and has done so successfully in the NHL. And they don't have another guy that that really has had his success. JT Comfort like could be on his way to kind of having that, that kind of career. JT Comfort becomes Vlad Nemesnikov. Like. Yeah, definitely. Nemesnikov is what they've been trying to groom Comfort to be the last couple of years. Yep. Nemesnikov has spent his career being. Yep. So um that that gives them a different look if they want. When we talk about Nachushkin on the second line, I think we'll also see Donskoy get some burn up there. For I sure. could also see Nemesnikov getting some burn up there. And if they want, if they want Nemestikov on that third line, they could give him a look at center. You could move some of these guys around. You could you could put Calvert on that line and Comfort down on the fourth if you want to try and mix it up a little bit. I I would be very hesitant to have Belmar's name etched in stone in the lineup. There are things he does well, and he's very well liked, and he's a great character guy. I I would I would struggle if he is like a set and forget. They don't. We don't even have this conversation. I I think a big big part of that is the Avs starting to work Tyson Jostin on the PK at the end of last season. Well, and that's where the Nieto thing was interesting too, because um. I, I think Jost showed acumen on the PK. Yep. The PK was successful with him out there. Um, and I think that we've seen Jost play some of his best hockey as center. And I think that there should be a conversation. If Belmar struggles out of the gate, I think that there should be the Jost conversation there too. It's not just Nieto. 
that I think that we should be having the Joe's conversation with. This should all I I'm of the opinion it should also be Belmar. YouTube says you burned the house down with that one, AJ. <laughs> uh, a little, I'm a little surprised with that reaction. Um, but I just, I just don't, I don't think that Belmar should be this like set and forget, like hard and fast. You got to play him. I, I, I agree with you wholly, and and this was part of why last summer. I was so averse to the second year of Belmar anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's, this is where Shane Bowers comes in too. Exactly. Because, um, you know, the off season, Colin Wilson leaves, Matt Nieto leaves. There are you know, spots Jost, that can be filled. Jost and Kout jump into your lineup, you know? Yeah. And then if, if Kamadev stays, then okay, then he stays. If he leaves, then there there's space for Shane Bowers right there. Right. Yep. But the job that's on the line is Belmar's. And I think that they need to be using this camp uh, and and Bowers, Jost, those guys need to be using this camp to push for that job. Especially with the reality of having no idea what training camp will look like before next season. Right. If it, start, if it, if it starts the way that they're planning on it and it goes and it starts on November 17th, uh, we don't know what the AHL season looks like. We don't know how realistic that thing's going to be. We don't know if it's going to, it will have started or yep. not. We don't know what that looks like. This, this needs to be, this needs to be a jumping off point for some of these guys to stick in the NHL. And for, for Jost, this is fighting for his life. His, yep. you know, this is fighting for, it's easy to just slide him into next year's lineup, but I don't know. He's, if this I, guy is still trade bait. Right. When the I, off season I, I, comes. I don't know if I would say he's fighting for his life, but he's probably fighting for his future with this organization. Yeah. I mean, fighting, I mean, he's fighting, he's fighting to, to prove he belongs in the NHL. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. I think if at the end of the year, it, then the Avs wanted to trade him for pennies, there are teams that absolutely would play him in the NHL next season, no matter what. But I do wonder if he struggles through all of this, what his role is on the Avs going forward. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're good. You're good. You look focused over there. Yeah, they're, we're getting messages on multiple platforms about things. Um, news is coming in, AJ. Hockey's yeah. back. Yeah, you're not kidding, dude. It's all <laughs> happening at once. It's Jost, Jost is going to be a flashpoint, as always, uh, for yeah. this camp, because this battle is really... Hi, Bob, is really one of the only interesting things going on. Normally we have four or five roster spots in play. Um, right now it's one. You got basically and it's, three dudes playing for one spot right now. Yeah. And there's the, the, the I think the problem is that they've, they've all looked good for the abs at various points. And like, if we have the Matt Nieto, Tyson, Joe specific conversation, which guy should be in, I think it should be Joe's. The, the upside is just higher. Yeah. I, Nieto might be a little more consistent, but even their floors, the same. I mean, this is where, again, you're circling back around to the Belmar conversation. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs, Belmar's offensive upside is realistically pretty null. Right. It well, and unless they play Vegas, half of his points right. this year and, and Vegas. He should be the second line center against Vegas. Right. <laughs> um. So it look that uh, these decisions are not going to be easy. As my camera completely unfocuses on me, but it's, it's done it multiple times during the show. It's yeah, been I really. I don't know what it's trying to focus on behind <laughs> you, but it's something. Ghosts, man. <laughs> I have one in my room. Confirmed. It talks to me. Oh boy, here we go. Is it Tyson Ghost? No. But that's <laughs> that's the fear, right? Is right, that they exactly. go into the postseason and they play that dude and it is Tyson Ghost. And yep. that's that's what happens. They they get the ghost and not Jost. And that's that's what you're worried about because with Matt Nieto, you're like, oh the the, the upside isn't as high, but we've you know, he he changed 
the Calgary series with that shorthanded goal in game two that kind of got them got got them going, gave them life. Um, I had another shorthanded goal in the series off that weird like Ian Cole two yeah. on one. Very very strange. <laughs> Ian Cole's second breakaway yeah. in about two minutes. Yeah, like. very, very weird. Sixty <laughs> seconds of of hockey. Um, but like we, but we also saw Tyson Jost did was one of the yeah. one of their best players at the end of the Shark series. Yep. So you're weighing all of this. Both guys looked good in the second half of the year. Tyson Jost looked awesome post deadline, and that's. That's the guy that you're like, look, you can't keep that him out of the lineup. And I'm sorry, but you have to take the chance that that's the guy you're getting. Well, because this, Matt Nieto at his best never plays that way. And look, play the exhibition games in the play-in round. And if Tyson yeah. Ghost is a ghost, then sit him. It's- well, and then and then there's no there's no sitting here whining about decisions made. Right. If you put him in a lineup and you give him an opportunity and you say, all right, go out there. And if you get beast mode, Tyson Jost, he'll easily beat out Matt Nieto. That's no knock on Nieto, but it's uh, Tyson Jost at his best is just better than Matt Nieto at Nieto's best. I mean, realistically, this is a fourth line BK. Yeah, that's well. And like, this is one of the better fourth lines in the right. playoffs. Exactly. This is, this is a fourth line. That's going to play 10 minutes a night. This yep. is this is not your Gabe Bork just get we're by just, type of line. We're just yeah. trying to survive and white knuckle this thing for six minutes a game. This is a ten minute fourth line that's gonna get matchups, and especially if they're protecting a lead, they're gonna get third period ice time. Yep, and that's another reason why I'm saying you want Tyson Jost out there, whether or not it's they for don't. Belmar or for Nieto. You want that little extra offensive punch that that he's going to give. And if he can handle the defense, then great. The only the only really big knock against him replacing Belmar, in my opinion, is the fact that he can't win a faceoff. He has struggled this year in the dot, which is and like it's very common for young players to struggle in a spe- in, in faceoff circle, and especially because he doesn't do it all the time. He's not getting the reps to get better. Yep, he's only getting partial reps where it's like this is going to make progress really slow. It does it's help. like if you're it's like if you're leveling up a skill in an RPG, but you only put a point in it every four levels. It's gonna take some time for that thing to get good. Or you just are so everything else that you ignore it and you're Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> Nathan Nathan McKinnon is the guy that rolls into a free to play and just just buys everything. Buys all the stats, and then yeah. that one stat that it's like, you can't buy this one, you have to grind it. And that's all he does. Yep. 15 hours a day. Yep. <laughs> we can't all, right. all be Nathan McKinnon. We got the video game reference in, so I think it's time to wind this one down that's right. a little bit here. AJ, final thoughts on day one. Give me some hype for, for the future. I, I mean competitively this is the best abs team in since probably 2004 yep um this these guys look awesome um it's this is this is such a deep hockey team we're talking about tyson jost and matt nieto which guy do you scratch like but <laughs> like there are teams out there that are going to be icing actual bad players like you look at like what Vancouver is going to have to do since everybody wants to talk about Brock Besser and trade rumors. We'll have lots of time for that. Hopefully not as much as we normally would because <laughs> they're playing into October, but Brock Besser and all that um, Vancouver's cap management, uh, they're useless. They're so stupid. And, um, but we'll, so we'll get, we can get into the Brock Besser thing another day, but this is, this, this is, I'm, I've been tempering all of this because I don't want to get I, I didn't want to get too hyped about stuff when the league may not come back. But this is the Stanley Cup favorite out west. And I know you have to go through the champs and the blues, and that's fair. But right now I have full faith that they would go through the champs. I just think that this is this is too competitive a team. This is this is too the atmosphere around these guys, the belief that they have, 
the drive, how seriously they've already taken this. Uh, I want St. Louis. Give give me St. Louis as soon as possible because I think they would. I think they would go through them in six. AJ and if said, they get and if they get good goaltending, it might be four. Bring on all comers, baby. Yeah, I don't bring think there's anybody comers. at their at their best. There's nobody in the West that can handle Colorado. If if all teams if all teams are firing on all cylinders, there aren't anybody out west that can handle the ads. And there's only two teams out east that would make me nervous. We're just gonna end it so. right then and there because the ads are coming and ain't nobody gonna stop them. Mm-hmm. Use I, that as your uh, use that as your podcast teaser for today. Yeah, they, that's exactly what I was gonna do. Either way, I cannot wait for the abs to start manscaping some fools yeah. out there. Vancouver, St. Louis, then Vegas. (laughs) Easy. Manscaped, manscaped, manscaped. All of those teams. And while you're watching, you can even manscape yourself because they've made it that easy with the new lawnmower trimmer 3.0, which removes any chance of nicks or cuts or anything like that. So you don't even have to watch what you're doing down there to trim up what you got to do. Below the belt, above the belt. Even if you smell bad, they got deodorant, they got breath mints, they got cologne, they got everything you need from shave mats to everything to take care, anti-chafe, you name it, Manscaped. Uh, there are products they have that I don't even know exist. And this is a true story. I'm not a boxer briefs type of person. Dude, those boxers they gave you? My wife now uses them as workout shorts. And she says they are the most comfortable thing she's ever worn. (laughs) So even if you're not on the man side of the manscaping, you can still get mad value out of these products. Head on over to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping. When you use DNVR 20, your balls will thank you. That is it for us. Hope y'all have a wonderful Monday. We'll have all your coverage of everything abs training camp all week long next week as well, all the way up through games actually returning. So keep on tuning in and we will talk to you later.